it's an electricity revolution. The way the grid has operated for 100 years is going to change dramatically. We're enabling that transition as a very positive experience for consumers. I'm Matt Hagman, and this is Opportunity Miami, a podcast about people and ideas shaping Miami's economic future. Electric vehicles have been on the market for over a decade now, yet only about 1% of the 250 million cars and trucks on American roads are electric. But that's changing. EV registrations shot up 60% in the first quarter of 2022. Ty Jagerson leads the Vehicle to Everything, or V2X team, at General Motors. He joins us on the podcast to explain more about how GM's projects are rushing in an all-electric future and an energy revolution, too. Ty Jagerson, welcome. Matt, great to be here. So let's start this conversation by going into the future. Let's get our crystal ball out and, you know, not go that, that far, but say 10 years from now. Tell us what you imagine driving a car or riding in a car will be like. Well, it's going to be just as exciting and fun as it is today, but better. Um, people will have really uh, exciting and convenient charging opportunities for their EVs. Um, there'll be plenty of opportunities at home and on the road and when you go shopping. And the vehicles will also provide a whole bunch of functions that they don't now, including, for example, helping to back up the power for your home or business and helping to save energy on your home energy bills or your business energy bills. So it'll be an exciting driving experience as well as a resilience, resilience enhancement, as well as a cost savings opportunity for people in their businesses. The exciting thing about what we're going to see is that a vehicle, when it's driving, we're putting enormous amounts of power into these vehicles. So if, and all that power is also available for other applications. So you can literally use it to power your home, or if you're at a construction site, you'll be able to use it to power uh, power tools or lighting or even whole buildings. I'm not sure that, uh, that, that being able to power your home itself is going to drive an additional ownership model. What it does do is it creates additional opportunities for making money from your vehicle um, in ways where you could get paid cash for being able to use the vehicle to support the grid when there's a storm or when there's a, a brownout or some other grid incident, but also being able to potentially offset some of the, the monthly cost of leasing a vehicle um, by pairing with a GM program or directly through a utility program. So there's value that can be converted into savings for customers. What will the grid look like? And let's just talk about it from the user experience. The trip to the gas station will go away. Um, and what will that daily experience, that weekly experience be like um, for the consumer? Yeah, there, there's a lot of talk right now about range anxiety. And range anxiety is where you have an electric vehicle owner who is worried about not being able to get somewhere and being stuck on the side of the road and, uh, yeah. and not able to, to finish their drive. And I would imagine that 100 plus years ago when there weren't enough gas stations, that was also, there was probably a, a range anxiety equivalent for gasoline way back when. GM is putting tens of thousands of chargers all over the country, as are a lot of other OEMs and charging companies. 
So that problem is increasingly going away. And in, in many markets in the US, that is already much less of a problem. Likewise, there's long haul charging stations going in on all the major uh, interstates. And, and GM recently announced a really exciting program with Pilot Flying J to do that, where we're rolling some of those out. So the availability of the charging infrastructure is gonna go away. GM also has an exciting partnership with its dealerships where the dealerships are going out and putting chargers in all their local communities. And this really plays to a strength for GM is our dealer network is absolutely amazing and it's always very local. So we're pairing with local communities directly to be able to enable an EV charging experience, which is seamless and local, which is where our cars are and where our dealerships are. So Ty, so you lead the V2X team. What is the V2X team? Uh, it, it's a fancy name we came up because it makes us sound like Star Wars characters. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, V2X is, a, is an industry term uh, that really speaks to the idea that the vehicle is not just something you drive around and spend money on. The vehicle becomes a part of your workplace experience and your home experience. V2X means vehicle to home, vehicle to business, vehicle to grid. So it's all the stuff that's associated with the technology and the business associated with what happens when the vehicle is sitting there plugged in and it's actually part of the grid. And so what my group does is we work inside GM to develop the software and support the hardware teams and the business models that enable us to get these technologies and capabilities into the hands of the consumer in a seamless, magical way where it just pops out of the box when you bring your vehicle home to your home or business and making sure that it can integrate smoothly and profitably into the lives of our customers. What are ultimately the goals of GM Energy? The goals of GM Energy are to support this amazing transition to EVs that GM has embarked upon. Um, there's a lot of amazing technology that can now be delivered along with the electric vehicle. And it's GM's responsibility to make sure that those get safely and quickly and profitably delivered to our customers. A huge part of this is developing the partnerships that are needed to deliver a vehicle that's not just something that you own, but it's part of this bigger functionality. And so we're working very closely with utilities as well as with folks that operate different types of electrical equipment that might be associated with being powered by or power some of these vehicles. Um, we're pairing with uh, fuel cell technology, which GM mm. also has, um, which is also an important part of the transition over to a decarbonized society. Um, and we're really enabling the whole ecosystem that is part of this EV electrification transition. So is that something that we might see here in South Florida? You bet you're going to see it in South Florida. I, you know, I, I think the hurricane and storm phenomenon makes resilience something that is always top of mind for Floridians. And I think there were some really fascinating stories uh, when Ian came through recently where yeah. you had a lot of flooding and there were these remarkable instances of not just individual homes, but whole communities that were with electricity the entire storm because they had this integrated suite of assets, solar, but also storage. And in the future, that will, the storage will include the vehicles. And so we've demonstrated now 
that you can actually have greater resilience and security and comfort by having these types of assets working together um, as part of a system. So I think that uh, I think that Florida is going to be um, perhaps one of our most important environments where this technology is going to come to pass. And I think what we're going to see in all environments is storms are going to continue to get a little more aggressive. And so resilience is going to be something that's increasingly top of mind for everybody. Walk us through sort of when this will, when all the things that you're talking about, having a car that can uh, charge a, a, a home, a car that can actually be a revenue generator for someone, actually lowering monthly car payments by being able to provide energy back into the grid. When is that going to be in a, part, a part of our lives in a meaningful way? I would say that that a lot of those elements are already being tested in the marketplace. And we have a bunch of programs that we have announced with utilities where we are going in and demonstrating these technologies and helping basically helping utilities pay our vehicle customers to time when they charge. And that helps reduce some of the stress on the grid when it's most important. And so we're already testing these mechanisms. How do we support the utilities and the grid? And then how do we make sure that that experience is a positive one for consumers? And how do we make sure that they're comfortable with the idea of taking a little bit of energy out of their car? People would say like, hey, wait a minute, I'm just getting my head around the idea of range anxiety. I don't want you taking energy out of my battery. Right. But the reality is if we say, well, listen, tell you what, what if we give you X amount of dollars and we make sure that when you want to drive your car from wherever it is, we're going to make sure it's at 80% or 100% or whatever it is. And then we just work that into the relationship with the utility. So making sure customers are comfortable with the mechanism and making sure that through our apps, we have easy signaling and making sure they understand the, the rewards, financial and otherwise, is all part of the process that we're working out. We've announced GM Energy in the last several months. And this is an initiative that GM has been working on for years. And under GM Energy, which is this new platform inside GM, we will be supporting all the GM brands for the rollout of the home hardware solutions that will enable a transformation of the home energy experience led by these amazing vehicles. Walk us through sort of GM in terms of the cars that GM is producing, the overall amount that will be electric as we think about next year and the year after, and then ultimately completely turning away from fossil fuel gas-powered cars. Yeah. Well, I think that the most exciting answer is that over time, it's all of them. And that's a, yeah. that's a pretty extraordinary statement. And, and our CEO, Mary Barr, has really put herself on the map for being a true leader in the industry by transferring what is an enormous portfolio of vehicles and customer experiences into the electric domain. It's really exciting. Um, the Bolt obviously is out there in the market today and, is, and is, a, is a really exciting vehicle to drive. And the big launch that we have coming up this year, which is, I think, a turning point for the industry, is the introduction of the Silverado, the all-electric Silverado. And that is going to be a, a complete rebuild of the Silverado truck um, on this novel Ultium platform. And that Ultium platform, which is this skateboard battery concept, um, is going to be part of the architecture for all the new electric vehicles. And so over the next two, three, four years, you're going to see all of the vehicles start to transfer over into electrical format. So in a way, what 
you're leading here is really not uh, an EV revolution. It's an energy revolution. Is that a fair way to think about it? I would say that is a very fair way to think about it. Um, I'm very proud of the, the team that, that my group and all the other groups inside GM have been, uh, have been uh, building our capabilities and basically creating this, this group of folks who are GM vehicle people and cutting edge energy industry people, because what we are part of is this transition of exactly what you're saying it's an electricity revolution. The way the grid has operated for 100 years is going to change dramatically. Um, and we're enabling that transition and we're gonna make it work as a very positive experience for consumers. And the timing couldn't be better because there's a whole bunch of climate benefits for doing this. And it's necessary in a lot of communities to have this additional technical resilience. At General Motors, we wanna put everyone in an EV and we have the technology the manufacturing expertise, and should I say the partnerships, along with global scale, to do it. They demonstrate that we're committed to changing the world right now. General Motors, you've been very um, clear about making this an EV revolution for all. Yeah. Um, obviously, price is central to that, but talk about the ways in which you're working to make sure that this transition is one that's shared you know, across the country around the world. Yeah, uh, one of the initiatives that I'm most excited about is GM through one of its social funds is investing into nonprofits in California that are specifically designed to help bring electric vehicles into lower income brackets. And that means it's a combination of things, including uh, making sure that the charging infrastructure is there, making sure that people are aware of the rebates, making sure that, the, uh, that people understand how they work, and in a lot of low-income areas, you don't have uh, standalone stationary garages. So there's a whole bunch of in initiatives that we're investing into to make sure that charging infrastructure is available for folks that might not have uh, the garage that you see as the normal charging environment. So there's a whole bunch of initiatives that we're involved in that complement what we're doing on the policy side, where we're making sure that there's, that there's income-related support for people that want to move into this environment. Something else that's gonna be very important as well is as these vehicles become available as grid support agents, and we work closely with utilities to help basically get paid to use the cars as a grid balancing element, that money can go to help offset some of the payments for these vehicles in the future. And that will be another balancing element for folks. In terms of getting to that EV for all future, what are the biggest challenges in getting there? Well, one of the things that's been interesting for the entire electric vehicle industry is that the promise of EVs has always been in the future. And now that people are getting into these vehicles and driving them, the experience is amazing. The costs are coming down dramatically and the, the surge in interest for these vehicles has driven an explosion in production. And that's caused a bunch of supply chain issues for the entire industry. So on one hand, um, we cannot make these vehicles as fast as we can sell them. So there's just some really basic supply chain uh, activity here. GM is investing tens of billions of dollars into that supply chain. And that includes not only building the actual battery factories to complement the vehicle factories, but we're also investing all the way back in the supply chain, even into projects where there's direct lithium production. 
um, because we believe that this battery supply is going to be a critical strategic opportunity for GM for the next 10 years or so. So uh, supply chain is one issue. I would say that you know a lot of people think range anxiety and the availability of uh, chargers is, is a constraint. It's certainly something that occupies a large space in people's minds, but it, it's, it's, not, it's not constraining the expansion of the industry just because, the, because there's a shortage of these available cars anyway. Um, so right now it's production. Um, there is an exciting push from governments and large corporations to transition over to electric vehicles. This is where we spend a lot of our time and energy is if you're a business that relies on GM vehicles, what does it look like to transfer your fleet from gasoline over to electric? Um, there's a whole electrification process that has to happen at all those depots. So imagine you got 100 trucks at a warehouse that come in every day. Where do you plug those 100 trucks in? We're working directly with those customers to make sure that we can help them address their infrastructure challenges as well. Got it. Okay. Now, for communities that that really want to be ahead of the curve in this whole EV re revolution, what should be top of mind? Places like Miami. Um, yeah. That w what are those things that that we here and communities elsewhere should be thinking about, should be doing, and really trying to accelerate the transition to electric vehicles? Yeah, I think that's a fantastic question. The, the, the question I don't worry about is wealthy folk are going to go get themselves a fancy electric car. That's sort of a process in the work. I think what's really interesting there is having the community invest into a conversation about what the priorities are. Do you want to use these vehicles as resilience backup for community centers? What are the mechanisms locally available to get electric vehicles accessible for low income folks? Can you use autonomous vehicles in the future to help support communities that don't have access to vehicles under their current uh, commercial structures? Um, and I think something that leads a lot of these transitions is the vehicle purchasing policies of the community. So are the police and the fire departments and the local municipal utilities are they going electric? That really sets the tone because what you see with this type of industry, it happened with solar, it happens with all sorts of technologies is when people see these vehicles in the community, it sparks this concept that it is possible. And so mm. it's the responsibility of businesses and local government and local utilities to get these vehicles out there, invest in the infrastructure and show people what is possible and then figure out how to prioritize that. The key thing to remember here is that the operating cost of these vehicles is less than it is for gasoline vehicles. And what that means is mm. that as you go through this transition, there's really an amazing opportunity to create a better experience and help the environment and save money. It's one of the reasons why this industry is taking off so fast is it's this perfect trifecta um, we just got to work with folks to make sure that they're getting enough vehicles in the right place at the right time. EVs have been talked about for so long. Now it feels like we finally turned the corner. What, yeah. as you sort of think about, you know, sort of the arc of this, what was the tipping point? I, I'm very proud that on my team, we've got some of the folks that were on the original EV1 electric car program. Um, so wow. GM has got decades and decades of experience here. And a lot of the 
the culture around the the research and the investment and the experience has been something that's really gotten us as fast as we've gotten to where we are today. Uh, the announcements by the company, by Mary, a, a couple of years ago that we were going in this direction was really preceded by many years of, of work into this space. Um, I think when I think about what the turning points are, um, I would say it's getting vehicles like the Bolt into the public sphere and getting people behind the wheel. There is nothing that compares with the pop of an electric vehicle coming out of a stop sign or a stoplight and just hearing that that quiet, smooth ride and getting out of bed in the morning and unplugging the vehicle from your garage and driving past that gasoline station. <laughs> There's all these little experiences that you have when you drive an electric vehicle that I think what happens is people don't really wanna go back to gasoline vehicles once you've really truly experienced it as part of your working habit. And then on top of that, you're saving money. All right, well, to wrap up, we always like to, to leave with sort of three takeaways. And as we think about this EV revolution that, that's underway, what are the three things you think that really should be top of mind from a, from a consumer perspective? Yeah, I think what I would say from a consumer perspective is it's a better driving experience than an electric vehicle. It saves you money, it saves you time, and with these new energy services that we have coming down the pipe, it also provides resilience for your home. And it's actually an additional way to make a little bit of extra cash when your vehicle is helping provide resilience and stability to your local grid, which directly helps the community. So it's a, it's a many pronged win for the consumer and for the community and for the utilities and frankly, for the environment as well. Well, Ty, Ty Jagerson, thank you very much. We really appreciate the time. Matt, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. Opportunity Miami is powered by the Miami-Dade Beacon Council. This episode was produced by our editorial director, Suzette LeBoy. Please like, share, and review our podcasts. You can reach us with your story ideas and feedback at next at opportunity.miami. Thank you so much for joining us.